Welcome to the Coaches Platform Podcast, where we discuss transformational coaching and its mission to positively change the arc of young people's lives. Joining us tonight to discuss his experience and the 180 program is Mark Horbinski from Nesita High School in Nesita, Wisconsin. George Horbinski and I uh, got to know each other uh, a couple years back at, at the Wisconsin Character Education Partnership Conference and, and I knew I had uh, met a kindred spirit. Um, the thing that that I love about Coach Robinsky and, and and about his 180 program is is the intentionality with which he approaches team building, program building, and culture building. Uh, you know, for so long, coaches have slogans and mottos and T-shirts uh, that they want to build their culture around, but but they don't really teach the kids. Uh, what that looks like in action. And uh, the beautiful thing about the 180 program and, and Coach Horbinski is he's really intentional about teaching the young people what character, what the program culture looks like in action, and then celebrating it uh, when they see it on the field, on the track, in the gym, wherever that may be. Let's kick it off. Welcome to the Coaches Platform Podcast. Uh, tonight, we're lucky enough to have uh, our guest, Mark Horbinski from Nasita High School in Nasita, Wisconsin. Uh, Mark has taken the transformational coaching movement uh, outside of his high school, and he's uh, started the 180 program, uh, the 180 organization, and the 180 club at, at Nasita High School specifically. Uh, he's, he spread his message throughout Wisconsin and, and, and has started to spread his, his message uh, around the nation, especially through uh, the organization character.org, speaking at their national conference and, and, and being a featured speaker uh, on their website and some of their uh, emails. We are really lucky to have uh, you here with us, Mark. So uh, welcome. Well, what an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Love the work you guys are doing on Coach's Platform. Uh, 180. 180 is a grassroots sportsmanship movement that uh, I started about six years ago. It was born out of, uh, as I watched my own kids grow up and go through youth sports uh, uh, as a spectator, as I watched them and as I coached them uh, in different sports, uh, I found myself getting really frustrated with the kinds of behaviors uh, that I was observing uh, in the stands, uh, on the sidelines at times. And I'd, I'd go home kind of cranky and I'd be thinking to myself, man, when is somebody going to do something about this problem? You know? <laughs> and then it finally struck me, hey, I'm somebody and, and all I'm doing is complaining about it. Um, so it was at that point in time, uh, about six years ago, as I mentioned, that uh, I decided maybe I was going to try and, and put together a, a movement, a kind of a grassroots movement in, in my area and try and make a difference. And so that's how 180 got started uh, as a as a local movement here uh, based out of my school and my desire to, to try and change things up a little bit. Uh, so uh, 180, the movement has a mission to lead a return to sportsmanship through awareness, education, and inspiration. Um, we have a social media presence on, on Facebook and on Instagram and a website. And what I like to try and do uh, on those social media platforms is to to share positive stories about coaches and kids that are that are competing the right way, that are that are doing things uh, in a positive manner, that are being good teammates, being good role models. Um, so we share those inspirational stories, recognize kids as 180 warriors. Uh, Andy, we have a couple kids yes. from from yeah from your uh, yeah yeah one of them one of them is. Uh is heading or is probably down at Catholic university right now playing, uh, playing, uh, women's basketball. So, uh, you got a, you got a college girl out of New York there in the, in the 180 warrior club. So we'll get to see her. That's fantastic. Like, cause Catholic is in the what, what, same conference as, uh, USMA, right? No, Catholics, I think division three. Hmm. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for, for those people who aren't, Uh, who are listening and, and uh, are, are more visual learners, right? 180 is, right, we're, we're, we're taking the direction of, of what athletics and youth athletics perhaps is, is heading. 
uh, and, and we're spinning it right back 180, but explain to us how, how you guys, right? What's the? Sure. Um, uh, it's WON80, and you're exactly right. Uh, concerns with the direction that, that uh, sports, youth sports in particular, and high school sports is heading, and we want to change it uh, background, we want to change that direction. And uh, the WON part of 180 is when we get back to learning how to treat people with respect, uh, with dignity, um, learning to value and appreciate uh, the work that they do as teammates, as coaches, as spectators, uh, then we will have won. We will have won the, the victory uh, and, and defeating the negative way that we're heading. Um, so at Nasita High School then, about five years ago, I guess it's been, uh, we started a 180 Sportsmanship Club. And the 180 Sportsmanship Club is open to all students. You don't have to be an athlete, but we're primarily um, populated by student athletes. Um, and what we do is we meet um, twice a month uh, during our pride time, which is like a 20 minute period in the, in the middle of our school day. Uh, we get together and we talk about uh, the impact of negative sportsmanship uh, and some of those impacts are kids are, are leaving organized sports uh, by the age of 13. 70% of kids are leaving organized sports by the age of 13. That's based on some research. Um, coaches are leaving the profession early and officials are leaving early. Um, and in, in my, it's my belief that when, when you boil it all down, it's because they're, they're not feeling valued or appreciated by teammates, by sometimes uh, parents by by spectators um, and it, it's it's getting to to the point where people aren't kids don't want to be troubled anymore with with going through it and risking failure and being told they're not good enough um, officials and coaches uh, are kind of under constant barrage uh, uh, it seems like everybody has an opinion on how the team should be coached or how the game should be officiated and they're not afraid to vocalize it uh, and as a result uh, you know, people don't want to do it as much anymore. So, um, so the 180 Sportsmanship Club, uh, we take a look at those kinds of things. We, we strategize within our own building how we can create more of a, a culture of character. Um, and we've implemented some programs, put some programs into place and implemented them uh, that allow us to, to value, to show value to our teammates, uh, to, um, to positively influence our peers and to respect the sport we play by by the actions that we uh, that we take as competitors. So let me, let me ask you this question, Mark. Um, do you think that some of that uh, leaving sports early because you don't want to hear uh, the negativity from other people uh, can also be associated with the, the shrinking world that we live in? Right, like these kids today have so many more opportunities to uh what's the word i'm looking for to to just express themselves like out in the world right you you said social media is is one of your factors in uh getting 180 out there but they just like the internet right like they can they can be in taiwan now mm -hmm. and, and learn something where where before like when you and i were in high school like like a foreign country was a foreign country right like now you can make that part of your world. So my only escape in high school was football, basketball, baseball, track and field, right? That's the only way I experienced something outside of my neighborhood even, right? Like I got to go to other schools to compete, right? That was my bridge to the world. But now these kids don't need that as much. So hearing the negativity, right? It's not that negativity is new in the world of sports. I know sportsmanship has, has lost its footing in the world but it's not like it's new to hear negative aspects while you're playing sports. But now kids just don't have to put up with it, right? Because they have other avenues to, to get out of their neighborhood, even if it's, it's not really getting out of the neighborhood, right? Like, do you think that has something to do with like kids just not wanting to deal with the negativity? You're exactly right. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, the number one reason given when, when kids uh, in this research uh, when kids were pressed on what's the, what are some of the reasons why they're walking away, the number one reason was it's not fun anymore. And when they were pressed a little bit more on what that means, it wasn't that the sport itself wasn't fun. It was that the culture and the environment 
with all those negative factors were making it something that they just they didn't want to spend uh, two or three hours a night experiencing when they can go to gaming or go to whatever other passion areas that they might have with these other choices. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. And that's why I think it's even more important for uh, teammates to make everybody on the team feel valued and appreciated and, and find the, the gifts uh, and, and uh, the talents within each member of their team uh, so they hang around. You know, some kids, as we know, are, are late developers, they're late bloomers, and they just need someone to believe in them and a reason to stick around so they can develop some of the talents and, and, and uh, skills that they might be lacking. Um, there's still a ton of ways for kids to be valuable members of a team, uh, besides being the, the top scorer or, or, or whatever. Oh, some, some of my best teammates that I remember were, were just kids who I enjoyed being with, right? They had nothing to do with, like, if they could put the ball in the hoop or throw a touchdown pass or make the game-winning block. Like, they were just kids, like, at practice when you're dog-tired and you're just looking for a reason to go on and they crack a joke. Or, you know, they give you that nudge, like, what the hell? Like, we got to keep doing this, but – let's do it together. Like those are some of my best memories in sports. And I think that's the reason I encourage my kids to play sports. Like, like I'm not raising the next LeBron James or a uh, famous woman athlete insert here. Cause my mind just went blank for my daughter, but uh, Serena Williams, right. I'm not doing that, but I want them to be involved with sports because I know the close bonds I have with those human beings still to this day in my 44, 44th year on this planet I still talk to people I played high school sports with I still talk to people I played college sports with I you know like those those bonds were just unbelievable and it's only through sports that I got them right it's only through like we're both dog tired and we can't figure out why we're pushing ourselves so but we're doing it for each other because that's what you do for your teammates and you positively bring them up and yeah, I, I like that, that you point the uh, finger back at everybody, not just the kids on the team, but like parents and, and coaches and administrators, I'm guessing, and like just everybody involved, like negativity seeps in no matter where it's from. And that's, it's so easy to, to change gears now. That was right. Well, I, I refer to it as an athletic community, right? I mean, we're an athletic community. An athletic community consists of everybody who has who has skin in the game right it's it is the student athletes it's the coaches it's the administrators it's the officials it's the spectators it it's all of us collectively that are going to make that experience memorable and whether those those memories are positive or negative uh, is going to be impacted by all of those groups of people um, so we all have to have a shared responsibility in it it was interesting i did a, a poll uh, of 50 of my former student athletes, I did this last year, and I asked them to uh, what, their, what their, their favorite memory was of competing uh, as a student athlete at Nasita High School in our program. And three of the 50 said something that was results. And the other 47 all, all talked about, uh, you know, different team events that we did or, or you know, interactions with other, with other kids. Uh, that one bus, bus ride. Yeah, it just, exactly. You just said it just as I was coming out of my mouth. That one bus ride, uh, you know, those are the things that are going to stick. Uh, uh, and, and so hopefully we're making those positive experiences for one another uh, so we can all have you know, uh, incredible memories when it's all over and it, and it, and it ends pretty quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh gosh, too quickly. But I, I remember a quote, like, and this is the quote I try to remind myself uh, every time I get in the car with my kids after practice is like, most kids don't quit sports because of what happened during the game or, or at practice. They quit because of the car ride home, right? Like, yes. why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? What's going on? Like, Right. Like, so like I try just like when I get in the car with my kids after their practices, I'm like, Hey, did you have fun? Like, what was the most fun thing at practice today? Like, and then they'll say whatever it was. I'm like, yeah, I noticed you doing it. I noticed you laughing with your buddies. Right. And I'm terrible. Right. Because I'm on the sidelines. I'm a former coach and I'm like, yes, like, mm, mm, do it better. Like, Oh gosh, you could have 
like one step further, like, oh, I see your talent. I see what's going on, right? But, but I can't be the guy throwing that at my kid in the car coming home from practice when they're tired and all they want to do is eat dinner or have some gummy bears or drink a Gatorade or like whatever it is or, or laugh about what was fun at practice. If I'm like, hey, my son's name is Jefferson. Hey, Jefferson, I saw you today when you were supposed to run that inside slant and you took four steps instead of five. What the hell? Like, we've gone over this. Like, why didn't you have your inside leg up? Why didn't you, why did you fall step? Like, like if I'm banging him with that, like, like, why would he want to go, like, why would he ever want to do anything athletic again if dad's going to come down on him? So I love this, like, turning it back on yourself and thinking, how can I make it better so that they can have the great experience? Absolutely. And, and um, you know, I think one of the, one of the, uh, the key um, moments in my coaching is, is when I sat down and did the transformational purpose statement. Uh, and my why of coaching and what I wanted my kids, my student athletes to get out of the experience, uh, it was just like an aha moment for me. Uh, you know, I, I kind of had it bouncing around in my head what, what, my, what my reason was, but to actually formalize it, write it down, uh, and then I could use that kind of as the, uh, the roadmap of, of all the decisions that we're going to make. And for me, it's, uh, uh, I want the kids to, to value their teammates, to positively influence their peers, and respect their sport. And the way that that worked well in our program, uh, in my opinion, was um, we made it a focal point. We didn't just focus on celebrating statistical things. We, 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 when we saw examples of valuing teammates, positively influencing peers, influencing peers and, and respecting the sport and the opponents, we made a big deal of it. Because uh, we wanted kids, I wanted kids to recognize what it looks like in action and I wanted them to know that that is important, just as important as the outcome on the, on the scoreboard. And so that was kind of a game changer was for me going through that process. And then all of the, the work that I did as a coach in, in laying out our practices and the way we run our program and our expectations all focused around, around that. Um, so so I, for, I think that's incredibly important. For, for those, uh, those people out there listening who are not as as well versed as you or, or, or some others. Uh, you're talking about Joe Ehrman, right? Are you talking about Joe Ehrman's transformational purpose statement and that kind of stuff? Absolutely, yes. Yes, uh, Joe Ehrman, uh, I, I had an opportunity to hear him speak twice. Uh, I would listen to him a hundred more times. So the, the work that he has done uh, and, and the, um, the example that he set is, is something that, uh, I think it's important for all coaches to take the time to to listen to Joe's message and and take the the pieces from that um, that they find value in and implement in their program. I, I was I was amazed by the work that he does and still am. And I, I think you and I obviously we've we've made this connection, and I think part of the reason we've made this connection is uh, that stuff was bouncing around in my head too, and then and then I had an opportunity to to read his stuff and then get, you know, get to see him speak. And he came to our school and, 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 and making that stuff more formalized, putting it on a piece of paper that you, you could carry around in your pocket when you're out on the practice field. And, and, and you maybe didn't get a great night of sleep the night before you had a headache in, in class. And then you're out on the field and you're taking all that baggage with you. And you have that reminder of, Hey, this is, this is my mission. This is why I'm out here. And, uh, what I really want to dig into as we go forward is, is, is how you made that so much more intentional, right? Because we all, we all want to build a culture that's inclusive. We want to build a culture that's valuing our teammates, valuing all those little things that everybody brings to the table uh, and celebrating them. But, uh, but we have to be intentional about them. So I, I hope in the next 15, 20 minutes, we can dig into some of the things that you've been really intentional about at Nasita and with 180, um, building that culture there and then being able to replicate that elsewhere. 
Right. Well, uh, the the transformational purpose statement, once, once that was defined for me, um, then I started uh, looking at now how can I implement th that uh, and, and embed it into our, our team and our philosophy moving forward. So a couple of the activities uh, that uh, we implemented based on that. One is pretty simple. Uh, we have we start every practice with a cardinal commitment, and our we're the Nasita Cardinals. And our cardinal commitment is our 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 kids say uh, today is the day I'm going to value my teammates, I'm going to positively influence my peers, and I'm going to respect my sport. So they're hearing the language from me. They're, they're repeating the language, and then we close every practice with trying to find examples of those three things that occurred during the practice. So that was one way to bring it right to the team level right away and start getting a common language built. That's awesome. How, how did the kids react to that, like when you first introduced it? Like, um, I'm, inter I'm interested in that. Like, how did they, how did they take it? Like, I guess is yeah. My football guys did this to me. Yeah, they loved it, huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was too touchy-feely for them? A little warm and fuzzy. Well, we, I, before our season starts, uh, I'm, I'm talking primarily now about, about track and field. That's sure. what I've been coaching for 15 years. Uh, but prior to the season even starting, uh, we have, I, I host two uh, informational interest meetings for anybody who thinks they might want to participate in track and field. And so it's at, that inf at those informational meetings that I lay out kind of what the, what the program looks like um, and, and talk about the uh, uh, inclusiveness of it, where everybody will have an opportunity to uh, compete and bring value to our team and will and we'll, we'll recognize that. I mean, we celebrate uh, in our track and field program we take time and we celebrate every personal record in every event. We, we mention it in front of everybody uh, and we clap and congratulate because not every kid's gonna be a state champion, but every kid can be better than they were the, the day before the practice, before the meet before. And so I think uh, that's how we're, we're building some of that, that terminology. But going back to that initial, uh, those initial meetings, um, I lay it out and I, and I go over with them what valuing teammate means and what it looks like. And I do that for, for the uh, influence and for the respect piece. So they get, they get to make a choice kind of right up front is, hey, is this something I think I can, I can be part of, I want to buy into. Uh, and, and then uh, we usually, you know, we might lose one or two kids that express an interest. Uh, and then when the season actually starts, they, they might decide it's not for them. But the ones that, that, come to practice then they're pretty much all in from a standpoint of um, in, in track and field we have a lot of kids that um, they're just a little bit different I mean that in a good way uh, track and field is a hard sport you know uh, the work that you do in, in track and field all, all the all the running and stretching and all those things they're not for everybody and so we have some kids that really are looking just for a place to belong um, and track and field allow so many different avenues for them to belong, uh, as well as becoming part of part of a team that's heading in the same direction. Um, so that's that's my the kids I think uh, here anyway in the CETA, they take it pretty well. They didn't think it's too touchy feely. I don't I don't believe. Well, um, I think I think if you if you lay things out for kids, if you tell them your intention. Like no matter what level it is, like if you're just honest with the kids, if you're intentional with them, they're going to buy in, right? Like they're just going to be mm -hmm. like, well, this is what it is. And this is what I'm going to learn. And they're little sponges, like all the way up to collegiate kids, right? They're just sponges and they want to learn. And if you just offer them the right thing to learn, they're going to soak it up and they're going to believe and they're going to be like, hey, I trust coach because he's honest with me. And if he says this is the way to do it, then let's go do it. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, so the kids you lose, maybe they don't, they don't know you well enough to trust you or like it's, it's probably more trust than 180. Right? Like it's yeah. probably more of a like, mm, I don't know this guy well enough to, to know that I want to be here with him. Right. But the kids who buy in, like at every level, right? They just want to learn. They want the love. They want the discipline. They want all of it because they want to learn the right way to do things because I've 
found all the kids I've dealt with in my coaching career, even, even the kids that, that people would label as bad apples or whatever they were, like those kids, all they want is to be accepted and loved, mm-hmm. right? And they just, some of them just don't know how to be loved yet. And I always felt part of my coaching job was like, hey, bro, I'm going to teach you like what it's like to be loved. You're going to accept it or you're not, like you're going to be comfortable with it or you're not, but we'll get there because I'm just going to keep loving you and keep bringing you along and keep showing you that you're valued, you're loved, and I'm going to take care of you. And and not because you're a good three technique defensive tackle or not because you run a, a, a you know, four, two forty, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Like I'm going to do this because you're a kid that I'm investing my time in and you're gracious enough to give me your time to let me invest mine in. So let's do this together. Let's be, let's become better people. You teach me, I teach you, but I think the kids that are, are trusting of the adult in a positive, you know, in that positive way, they're, they're going to buy into whatever you're selling, right? Like if you, if you're honest with them, they're going to trust you and they're going to buy into what you're selling them. And, and if you're modeling, if you're modeling those things for the kids, so they, they can yes. see that it's not just language, it's action. Yeah. Uh, you're living about, it. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, that brings me to a point and sorry to cut you off there, Mark. Uh, but you, one thing you said was uh, when you start talking about valuing your teammates, uh, you also tell them what it, what it looks like, right? right? So, so can you give us some examples of, of, you know, what does it look like to value a teammate or, or honor the game or, or, or whatever? Sure. Well, uh, actually, I, I'll, let me share two activities as a coach that, that I do that kind of fit right in with what we're talking about. Uh, so two of the activities um, that we do that are kind of unique, one is called uh, Captains Through Actions. And, you know, it's pretty standard, uh, at least where we're from, that uh, captains are, are named uh, on sport teams because they're upperclassmen, maybe they're your better athletes, uh, et cetera. Well, we do it a little bit different. Uh, nobody's named a captain in our program. At the very end of the season, uh, they're awarded a captain pin if they've, if they've shown on a consistent basis that they're good teammates. Uh, that they're good citizens within school. They're representing our program, not just on the track, but in the, in the classroom uh, and in the hallways, um, and that they are respectful to their opponents um, and, and other people that, that uh, the, the officials and other people that, that make the games possible. So I could have every kid on the team, if they all lived up to that on a consistent basis, earn a captain pin that they would get at, at our end of year banquet. Um, oftentimes it might be eight to 12 people are getting these and, and they could be freshmen they, they, all the way through seniors. So it's not designated by how old you are. It's, it's what, what can you show me that, you, that you're, you're willing to do uh, to, to be a good person uh, and a good student athlete. Uh, and then we're gonna recognize that. And of course, all along the way, we're kind of guiding and, and, and mentoring and observing um, those types of behaviors. The other thing that we do at our end of the year banquet is something called the care chair, which I think is pretty, pretty fun. It's pretty fun for me, but it's very stressful at the same time. Um, so we'll stick four kids in chairs facing their parents uh, at our end of the year banquet. And one, one person's in the care chair and the other three are like on deck waiting to get in the care chair. And the kid in the care chair, I'll talk maybe a minute about their statistical accomplishments. And then we'll spend the rest of the time, uh, I'll be looking at kid right in their eye and I'll be telling them how much they mean to the team, what I appreciate that they do, talking about things like uh, their work ethic, being, uh, being out there to support their teammates when their teammates are competing in their events. Uh, you're talking about uh, always lending a hand to, to get the equipment picked up and brought out and. Uh, and things like that. So we focus on, on those positive actions. And uh, I tell you what, it gets pretty emotional. Um, I, I cry like a baby sometimes, uh, but the kids and the parents, they savor that moment. And it's probably the most important activity that we do as a team 
because it really it moves us from a team to a family uh, in in one activity. Uh, it's it's pretty powerful and pretty amazing. So um, I think that we we try and focus throughout the season on on uh, recognizing it when it happens. So for instance, uh, if if a if a kid finishes a race. Uh, and they go shake hands with their opponents after the race. You know, we we make a point to mention that because that's the type of of actions we want our our kids to participate in. You know, it's funny, Mark. When when I was a high school head coach, we had something we we did exactly what you're saying. We called it moments of greatness, and we recognized it with helmet stickers, right? So my my school was red, white, and gray. And we would put green shamrock stickers on our helmets for moments of greatness. And it had nothing to do with any, anything that happened on the field. So it was exactly so. So we've laid out this mission statement. We, we laid out this culture. And now throughout the week, uh, practice, games, whatever, we're going to have kids who are going to contribute. Hey, I saw Nick. Nick uh, helped his neighbor in with their uh groceries like that hasn't and as i'm sure you found right as you start to recognize it and celebrate it kids find it everywhere right right yeah i love that thank you for sharing that moments of greatness i i like that title of it too um so those those activities that i just described those are kind of from a coaching perspective moving it over to 180 club uh some of the ways that we we um implement uh, valuing teammates, positively influencing peers and respecting the sport. A couple of the programs we have and, and our promising practice that we just received this year is called Opportunity Over Outcome. And uh, the title is very important. Even, even the title of the activity is very important. It's, it's nice to win and winning will always be a target and we're gonna give you a competitive game every time out, but we're also gonna focus on how we compete. When, when how we compete becomes as important as if we win, then we will have victory with virtue, which is kind of our, our mantra. Um, so uh, for, the, uh, for the 180 Club Opportunity Over Outcome, there's about four facets to that program. So these are, this is a, a culminating thing that happens at, at game nights, on game nights, excuse me. Um, we have appreciation bags, uh, so we, we put together snack bags that have water and about four or five different snacks. We pack them in bags um, and we hand them out to all game officials, uh, all players, cheerleaders, media, game personnel, um, and anybody else we think should get one at, at our winter sports uh, events. And last year we handed out about 1,100 bags and our kids, our 180 kids, uh, help solicit donations from area businesses. All the product is donated. They put all the bags together and they hand them out uh, at the at the games. Um, it's probably our most visible event, but again, we're trying to show appreciation to all the people that make games possible. Um, another aspect of opportunity over outcome uh, is better with a letter. That's something that's new to us, uh, and that's. Uh, thank you notes for game officials. We put them in handwritten thank you notes inside the bags. And then the last one is the sport of the game. After the game is over, each team selects a sport of the game from the other team, somebody who's played the game the right way. Um, and we recognize them at half court and present them with a sport of the game t-shirt, take their picture and put it up in our concession area that then it's on display for the entire winter sports season. Awesome. So those are some of the ways that we, we try and create a culture of character. I, I, I was on the edge of my seat there, Joseph. Sorry, I got to interject. I totally stole uh, Mark's uh, gift bag uh, for, for uh, our uh, two counties, one cause. You remember, uh, Joseph, we spoke yes. to George Gain and he yeah. told us, uh, I, I stole that this, this past January and it was an unbelievable hit. It was it took what, what has been a fantastic 10-team tournament uh, and, and it added a, 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 an unbelievably uh, like inclusive piece where, where everybody was being valued, referees, game officials. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, people doing the, the concession stands, 
uh, all the teams from all, all the areas. So uh, I know for a fact that that is a, a wonderful and, and really easy, if you're intentional about it, tool that, that any program, athletic program or, or, or specific sport could implement uh, to, to really elevate the game uh, across the board. So that's awesome, man. I, I'm like drinking your Kool-Aid in, in every way about that. So I love it, Mark. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. No, I thought you were dancing back there because I was out of time. Oh, I was music. like, no, I'm like, that, that, that's the thing. That is the thing. It's awesome. Oh, that, that's fantastic. Thank you for, for sharing that with me, that that's worked effectively for you. Um, you know, I've had, when I, when I spoke about, uh, about the Appreciation Bank Project at, at the National Conference for Character.org, uh, one of the questions was, uh, well, is, do you think that's scalable? Because we're a big school and we have a lot more programs. And I think it's absolutely scalable. You, you might have a lot more programs, but if it's, if it's kid driven, you also have a lot more kids, right? You know, I'm in a, I'm in a school, a high school of 200 and, and we've got about 35 kids that are, are active 180 club members, some more active than others. But, um, you know, there's room in, a, in 180 sportsmanship club for people that want to work behind the scenes, for people that want to be in, in front of crowds, uh, for people who like to write, for people who like to do, to, to, you know, distribution of things. Uh, there's a place for everybody to get involved at whatever level that you're comfortable. Um, when we do those presentations of the sport of the game at the end of the night, uh, it's 180 kids that get on the microphone uh, and they make the announcements in front of the crowd. And that's a huge step for, uh, for some kids to, to do, but they, uh, they take it on and, and uh, they grow through that process. Uh, one of my favorite examples of that, we had a, a foreign exchange student from Italy last year and, uh, it took me about four games to get him to be brave enough to go out there and speak in front of everybody, practice his, his English and, and, and read the script. And uh, he did it every game that he was at, every girls game after that. I, he was like a ham, you know, I couldn't get him off of there. He wanted to do it every time. Uh, how cool is that, right? That's awesome. <laughs> um, and then the last component of, uh, I'm sorry, of, of opportunity over outcome is we also do program inserts uh, with positive sportsmanship messages. So as warmups are happening in basketball, we have a captive audience. We have people looking for, for something to do for 20 minutes. And so we have a positive story or a message on how to be a, a supportive fan. So we're, we're hitting that angle too, not just focusing on the, the student athletes, but also the people in the stands. Um, which make a big difference in, in how the night's going to go. How has the reaction from the parents been um, overall? I'm uh, guessing positive, but like, have you had some pushback from parents? Like, Hey, like, like I get that you want to make touchy feelingness out of all this, but I want my kid to win. Like, have you had any of that? Like rear, rear its head? A, a little. Um, very, very little, very, very small, uh, sample of, of people. Uh, but it's, uh, it's interesting, uh, at the same time, cause, uh, we were getting some pushback, um, but their children were part of the 180 program. So I don't know, I don't know why the pushback, uh, happened because the kids were buying in and they were, they were willingly participating, um, so I, I guess I'm willing, I'm willing to take that, that pushback um, because I think almost overwhelmingly, and it, it's not uncommon for our kids to have parents from the other team uh, after the game come up and, and tell them nice job and they really, they really handled themselves well. Um, I've had a number of people come up and say the culture has changed since, since you guys started doing this. Uh, this is a fun place to come and compete. Uh, again, because we know we're going to get a good game, but we also know it's going to be a great atmosphere, a healthy atmosphere for the kids to compete in. That's awesome. And we're far That's from awesome. perfect. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to. No, no. I don't want to paint it like it's 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 all roses. Um, but I think we're definitely heading in the right direction and making progress every year that we do this. That's fantastic. That's that's really nice to hear because <clears throat> just being being around you know co in the coaching world for as long as I was, like, yeah, par parents are the 
are usually the impetus of, of, of a way a kid leans on sportsmanship, right? Like they're either getting fed a bill of goods from their parents about how good they are and how they're, they're, they should be used more effectively to put it nicely, or they're getting nothing at home or like whatever it is. But it's nice to hear that for the most part, you're getting good feedback from the parents. That's really cool. Great. And I do some, uh, I do some speaking, not, not as part of uh, Nasita High School, but through 180. And, and my, um, my most popular presentation is one called Supportsmanship. Uh, and that's a, that's a program, that's a, that's a presentation that's really geared uh, towards parents as the primary recipients of the message. And so uh, I, I go into schools, typically on their student athlete registration night, right before the fall sports seasons begin. Uh, and then I have a captive audience for 45 minutes to an hour and get a chance to share the message of sportsmanship and the, the importance of, uh, of supporting your kids in the proper way. Um, to help them grow, but also to make the experience a positive experience. Um, so I, I do try and, and uh, work with the kids and with the, and with the adults, um, you know, uh, through different messages. It's a similar message, but, you know, different, different uh, route different, is a little bit different avenues, I guess. Yeah, sure. sure. Different route to get there. Yes, thank you. You know, one of the things I love that, that you keep hitting on here is, is, is all the different stakeholders. And, and, you know, I think we all want this culture that is inclusive and, and, and developing character, but, but we don't know what it looks like, right? So, so I love that throughout each of these presentations, each of these different audiences, you, you explain what it means to, to build a culture of character. You, you give examples of, of what it looks like. What does it look like for you to be a supportive parent in an athletic setting? What does your kid need, right? Mm -hmm. Some, yeah, some parents, most parents don't know. They're just, just doing it, right? Or we're all just figuring it out. Uh, so, so I love that you're taking your years of experience and you're imparting that, like, hey, this is what it looks like. And it doesn't always look like that. It's not always perfect, right? But, this is what we're this is what we're striving for, uh, and I think young coaches need to hear that. Uh, I mean, all coaches need to hear it, but young coaches can really start to build their programs in, in, in that way, understanding that hey, we've got to explain what it looks like, then we have to go model it, and then give people opportunities to to do that. I think that's one of the hardest jobs in the world is being a young coach, and and that's hyperbole, obviously, but like you're thrown in there, and you're like, hey go coach these kids up and you don't know what you're doing at all. Right. Like you're, you're fresh off probably playing most of the, the young high school coaches and you're like, Hey, go figure it out. And it's like, this is probably one of the most important jobs on the planet because you need to mold these kids who want to be productive, solid members of society and we're going to give you no training for that. I'm not shy about sharing a, a, a ton of mistakes that I've made because I've made a ton of them and I continue to, you know, to, to make mistakes. But I think part of the, the wisdom that I've gained over doing this now or coaching for 30 years now um, is I start to recognize when I'm, when I'm making a mistake or when I'm about to make a mistake. And, and I oftentimes I can catch it before it becomes something worse than what might've slipped out of my big mouth already. Um, the other thing that, um, that I found pretty, pretty neat is I'm, I'm getting more opportunities to work directly with teams um, in a workshop type of setting. And so we'll take some of the strategies on what it, what it looks like to, to be a good teammate and what are some bonding activities uh, that we can do, that we can implement right away, and what's the importance of, of doing those things. Um, and then we can, we can design something for the team to actually implement. They can walk out with something that they can start to use. And I think that's, that's uh, pretty important. Um, 
teams can earn a designation as a team of influence through 180. I've only had two teams so far do it, um, but that requires them to go through the workshop, develop a plan. Uh, their plan also has to include uh, monthly throughout the year team gatherings, team bonding activities. It also includes um, a minimum of four uh, community service activities that they participate in as a team. So we're using those, those requirements to reinforce what they, what they learned about how to obtain victory with virtue. So I'm pretty excited about, about some of the, the opportunities to work with kids in that capacity. I like that you're treating it almost as a, a curriculum, right? Like you're, you're showing them what to do, you're teaching them how to do it, and then you're carrying them through actually doing it. I think that's, I think that's one that's of the it. things that, that, we fall, that we fall short on just overall, right? Like there's a lot of – I got a lot of great intentions sometimes where I want to get all this out to my kids, and then I spew it out, and then I'm like, all right, let's uh, start practice and never talk about it again. And, you know, like, so how can they get better at it? And I love the fact that you're treating it like a curriculum. That's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, you know, usually the kind of way we bring this together, Mark, is we, we ask, well, you know, what's one actionable step that you, you could give uh, a coach or a young coach to take with them? And, and that doesn't really apply here because – the whole just, thing has been actionable yeah, steps. Yeah, and so so I guess the, the way we could kind of bring it together is 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 how can coaches who are hearing this, young coaches, old coaches, uh, coaches looking for a little little something different, looking for a curriculum, looking for a workshop, looking for your services or, or, or uh, what you can give. How can they learn more? How can they contact you? How can they? Uh, start to pick up the pieces of what the 180 movement is and, and run with it? Uh, well, I, 180 is this huge conglomerate, right? It, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's me up here in a spare bedroom working by myself at five in the morning or, or at seven or eight at night. Um, I, will, I will return uh, uh, emails or communication from anybody who would like more in, information and would like to bounce off ideas because oftentimes I find that when somebody uh, is seeking out uh, some additional information from me, I'm going to learn twice as much from them because they're probably doing things that I can bring back and, and use too. So um, if, if people would like to reach me uh, by email, it's 180movement at gmail.com, W-O-N-8-0 movement at gmail.com. I would be happy to uh, to communicate with anybody uh, and, and share additional information. Um, the Facebook page is probably right now our most active way of, of uh, hitting our mission of uh, you know, leading a return to sportsmanship through awareness, education, and inspiration. Uh, we went from uh, uh, you know, the, the initial startup of the Facebook page uh, five years ago to we have over 4,400 people now and I mean that's not a huge number but for for what we're doing with it being grassroots and and, and local for the most part uh, there's a lot of interested people there's a lot of people that that think that sportsmanship and, and character and treating one another uh, in a more positive way is really important um, so uh, that's all that's where the stories and 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 a lot of the inspirational things are, are posted um, there's a, a website for 180, uh, currently trying to develop that a little bit more, but anything that's on there is a free resource for you. Um, I'm willing to share with anybody that's interested in, in what the message is all about and what 180 can do for them. Um, and I'm willing just to even be a sounding board if somebody just wants to talk to somebody who's old and <laughs> has been around for a while and, uh, and thinks I might have something to offer. That's outstanding. Thank you. Well, we, uh, we certainly think you have something to offer. I've loved this. This has been a great conversation. Um, I can't wait. Like I, I have no coaching interests right now, but I can't wait to kind of use some of this with my kids in their youth sports. Um, when we talk about sportsmanship and I see some of the stuff I don't like out there and, and I want to, 
show my kids like, Hey, why, why we shouldn't be like this and why we should be like this. Why should we should uplift everybody and not put down some, but one buddy. So yeah, I'm excited. This has been a great talk. Thank you, Mark, for joining us. This has been awesome. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And, and uh, just one more thing, if I may. Um, so recently on character.org uh, um, site, uh, I, I put together two videos that, that talk about uh, a number of the things that we've talked about today. So it's going to talk about the transformational purpose statement. There's the, the first video is called coaching, uh, uh, coaching with character. And, and I talk about the transformational purpose statement and I talk about the, uh, the care chair and the captains through actions program. Uh, and then the second video is building a, a culture of character. Um, and in there, I talk about the uh, opportunity to over outcome, uh, uh, the 180 club and, and those pieces. So it would be a reference for anybody that wanted to go back uh, after listening to your podcast, if they, if they wanted to hear from some kids and from uh, school administrators or some other people uh, that are part of those videos. Um, so that's again available at character.org. That's perfect, Mark. We'll, what we'll do is we'll use uh, some of those links in, in our uh, tweets when we're tweeting out uh, this podcast. You know, I like to go in and, and dig through what we've talked about and highlight some pieces. But uh, if that's already out there, character.org has already done that hard work. We'll just, we'll just uh, use that and retweet it and quote tweet it and uh, use all that that wonderful stuff that character.org is, has elicited from you. Uh, you know, I know you and I have connected down there and you and I have connected, uh, uh, oh, I'm not even sure what's it called. Wisconsin character. Yeah. Wisconsin character education partnership, WCEP. WCEP. So, so we've kind of crossed paths in that world. And, uh, I love that, that character.org has kind of taken your, your voice and, and they're amplifying it and they're uplifting it because uh, this is the stuff that, that is gonna allow young people to grow, to develop, and it's gonna allow youth sports, uh, educational-based athletics uh, to continue to grow and be a vital part of, of our community. So man, I, you inspire me. I am, uh, you know, stuck in the house with this COVID stuff and you know we're all losing our mind and, and, and having an opportunity to talk to you and see your face. Uh, it's been a wonderful thing. It's really uh, a joy. So thanks, uh, thanks for being with us, man. It's been, it's been an honor to be, to be invited and if, if there's ever any opportunities uh, to talk uh, in the future, feel free to, to reach out to me. Uh, I'd love to continue working with you guys. Amen, awesome. brother. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for huddling up with us this week on the Coaches Platform Podcast. Remember, you can find us at Coaches Platform on Twitter and Instagram. Contact us at thecoachesplatform at gmail.com. And please remember to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you happen to find your podcasts.